At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick. Uh, same story as uh, this, the other days this week. It's, it's quiet out there. There's not a ton of individual news. We had a couple earnings. Lulu, of course, Taylor Brand, Sienna this morning. Uh, today after the close, we have Costco and Adobe and Oracle leading the pack. But... Uh, it's quiet. It was quiet yesterday with regards to the to uh, the Fed meeting, and quiet again this morning. Uh, some ratings of note: GE caught an upgrade at UBS. That's notable. FedEx upgrade as well. Starbucks upgrade as well. So we'll talk through uh, those movers and drop those tickers in the chat. We'll discuss those as well. Our guest today, Mark Shaken. He joins us every other Thursday, and he will join us again today at eight fifteen to uh, give us his thoughts on the market. If you've gone to the premarket.benzinga.com page, you've noticed that the uh, video is not working there. We're aware of that. We're working on it. Would you believe it? Believe me if I told you that uh, getting customer support for YouTube is easier said than done, but we are working on it. The show is still available, though, on YouTube, which is where hopefully you're hearing us right now. Uh, Joel, what's the word here overnight? as I unmute you real quick. Uh, do you want me to come in and, uh, and work on the servers? Oh, yeah, please. Because I can uh, – you know how good I am with computers and stuff. I could do something like that. Uh, but uh, we'll let YouTube handle it. I just hope it's not the same kind of Skype thing, you know, where we got Skyped out and now we're getting YouTubed out. They're, they're ganging up against us. We're, we're dropping right here, folks. Not really sure what the reason is. We're down two handles at the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, we had a creeper rally in the overnight session. Was hoping for that all-time high at 31.58, but what ended up happening is we came up short of the all-time closing high by one tick. 31.53.75, that was through Friday's high. Now we're, on, we're in the red here. I'm not looking for any support here until your daily pivot at 31.39 um, and below that uh, yesterday's low at 31.29.50. Do we get a tweet or something here? Because we're, we're dropping pretty good for this market. Uh, crude up 20, 21 cents at 58.98. Gold, gold's on uh, green by 6.40 at 14.81.40. Silver trying to get back over 17, up 10.6 cents at 16.955. Bitcoin just hanging out here over 7,000. Uh, up $35 at 7,210. Triple D, what do you what do you say? Of course, I'm in a fast market, so okay. trying to get ready to do the show here, but also watching this and people fall six points as we start the show. Bannon, Bannon. We didn't know volatility overnight, nothing really, and all of a sudden, once I try to do the radio show, we're getting volatility. Obviously, as an inefficiency trader, I do well when there's volatility, so that's where I focus is when you, know, you start to see movement like this, I need to be trading. It's, yes. it's always, is there a headline, anyways? Like, because I'm trading, yeah. I haven't even looked to see if there's there, a headline. It, it's well, Bannon. What do you think the headline is? It's tariff related. Trump. It's always tariff related. Every headline, every. What did Bannon say? 
Uh, he's talking on CNBC about China tariffs. He's, I believe he's talking. I'm just interpreting here uh, something about the December 15th deadline. And he's probably saying it's a little bit firmer of a deadline than you think. So I, that's I'm just I'm here doing a radio show with you. And that's what I'm interpreting here from the price action. All right. So always, always tariffs. Always tariffs. When in doubt, assume it's Quickly, tariffs. let's go to the earnings because I'm trading for a couple minutes here. You guys yeah, cover the okay. earnings. Go, 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 go. Let's back cover at you in five. Uh, once yeah. I get my trades under control. Tariff headlines are silly. So uh, let's start with Lulu. Probably the big story. Uh, big story of the morning here this morning. They had earnings after the close yesterday, and they weren't bad. But look at the stock and what it's done leading up to the report. You would assume they would have had to blow it away. They clearly did not. I'll give you those numbers here. Lululemon reporting Q4 EPS. I'm sorry, Q3 Q3 EPS, 96 cents versus a 93-cent estimate. Sales of 916 versus 898 million. So a beat and a beat comps up 16% on year-over-year basis. Those are all good numbers. Q4 guidance they gave was in line for the EPS and in line for the sales. Same story for the fiscal year guidance. Fiscal year EPS guidance in line. Fiscal year sales guidance also in line. Good across the board, but I guess this morning just not good enough. I mean, you had a hell of a run in the stock, right? Uh, Really, it moved up. I mean, for 2019, where we uh, began the year, uh, under well under $200. So you had a big run. Obviously, the you know the numbers were not good enough. Uh, let's just look. We are trading in the red here. I have a little problems with my pre-market chart here. That's not good. We're down to seven sixty-nine at two twenty-five and a half. I mean, pick your poison here uh, with trying to buy this thing on a support level. Uh, I'll just go. I, my pre-market chart's a little slow reacting. I don't know if we got as low as two twenty-three forty-eight. Yeah, we did get below that. So I look at uh, 22348 and 22090. Uh 22090 was your December 3rd low. We're a little bit on the rebound. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people sitting in a lot of profits in this thing. Even if you go back to November of last year, I'd, uh, I'd be a little careful trying to pick a bottom in this one. Um, Joel, are you still in this one? Or this this wasn't the one you were in, was it? You were Lulu? in Lulu? Is that what no. you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm in the dog. I'm in the other underwear. The other one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. L Brands. Thank you, L Brands. My mistake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Oh, that chart's looking good there, man. Whoo! If it could ever get over $19, maybe it's going to rally. Yeah. It was uh, a small position, and it's uh, even a smaller position now. So. Good luck uh, with that. All right. Yeah. Uh, Lulu, Lulu yesterday. Uh, so was Taylor Brands. TLRD would do them next. Uh, really the only notable reports from yesterday's uh, after-hour session. Oh, Spencer, before you go, yeah. uh, they got really, really excited. They took uh, they took Lulu down to 215 even. That's your pre-market low. So if you think it's bad news right now, they took it down to 215, and now you're trading at the high of that rebound, 227. So I think you try and go back to that 215 area, I think you'll find some buyers uh, to fill the bottom of the range. Ooh, you're almost back at yesterday's low, 228. That's a good number on the upside to see if uh, if we can get more of these losses back. Sorry about that. My 15-minute oh, chart was a little slow booting up this morning for something. All right, sticking on the earnings parade, Taylor Brands uh, reporting again yesterday after the close. Q3 EPS beat 53 cents per share versus 42 cents per share. Sales also beat the estimate 729 for 716 million dollars. So good Q3 print. The Q4 guidance that they gave was weak, however, below estimates. Yeah, they closed the store around me, so that that's not uh, that's not good. Uh, the stock has just been in a downtrend. I uh, got crushed off its last earnings report. Tried to come back. I mean, I think the people that are buying this today will probably be the people that are looking to bring a short in. Uh, looking on the daily charts, I'm trying to find. You're trading near the lows of the pre, pre-market session. That's not good. That low is 450. On the dailies, I don't know if anybody even trades this thing, but 450, 450, 455 was another low that you had in that area. So, 
Let's see if you can hold 450. The low, the recent low of the move is well under, not well under, but under $4. Let's see what happens. See if you buy some buyers at uh, 450. And I'll just tell you, I think AEO, that opened lower yesterday. Remember we talked about the low of the move at 1368. Well, they opened this thing at 1379. They went a penny lower. Buyers stepped up at 1378 and it rallied. So different stock, uh, same sector. Let's see how it, um, how Taylor's brand acts today. All right, moving on to really the only other earnings report uh, from uh, the, this morning that, that we care about is uh, different sector, Siena here, uh, C-I-E-N, reported this morning uh, about an hour ago now, Q1, or sorry, Q4 EPS, 58 cents versus 63 cent estimate, so a miss there. Sales beat 968 versus 964 million dollars, so a mixed report here in the uh, pre-market, and we're down, what, what are we down, uh, 4%, 3%? Uh, we are down 3.39 percent at 34.21. Uh, excuse me, 34.40 was your last tick. Not chart wasn't looking good going into this, and you got to look out here. 33.22 uh, was the recent low of the move. You did that last Wednesday, so we'll keep an eye on that. We still got a ways to go to get to that area. Couple pesky lows here at 34.50, right over the last three sessions. So I think if you're looking this thing to bounce, it's going to bounce off these three lows here. Close near the high of the session, 35.41. So if you're doing a go rally mode, uh, that will be your resistance. But uh, let's see if we can hold in here at 34.50. So it is December 12th. We are now three days away from this tariff deadline. And what, a day or two ago was the first. We heard uh, of that there could be a, a delay in the implementation of that. I guess there's another headline here this morning, but I mean, Michael Pliny is asking in the YouTube chat, what's going to happen here? I mean, with <laughs> yeah. away, there's been almost no chatter about extend. They're going to extend it. They're not going to extend it. I mean, they probably will extend it to be, to be frank, but it seems like it's been really quiet this week, especially with his with his deadline. Did you see what, uh, what Goldman Sachs said? That they came out with a no. note yesterday? No, I didn't. Uh, they said that, um, I don't know, I don't want to misquote this, but something along the lines that uh, they were going to lift, like say, okay, we're going to give you a break on those tariffs, but we want you to start buying um, agricultural goods. That's what Goldman Sachs said. Haven't, we, in a tweet. haven't, we, haven't we been buying? No, they've been buying. Oh, them. them. Okay. Yeah, they've been buying. Well, they want him to buy more. Okay. That's what I said. I, I wish I could find the tweet. <laughs> I, it was from yesterday. So that, if that happened, yeah, then the market would absolutely explode to the upside. If they, right. like, yeah, but who knows? You can only, you just speculate. We're up here near all-time highs. So market, market dynamics, you know, Trump could be a little tougher up here, right? You know, it's not like the market is in a decline. So, it's a it's a coin flip here. You really what we are is that going to happen on the weekend, right? It's going to happen yeah, Sunday. Yeah, it's Sunday. Yep. So be at your terminal Sunday at uh, at six p.m. and tune in. We'll see, maybe we'll do a special show. All right, we got some guidance this morning from Delta Airlines. They gave their some uh, fiscal year twenty EPS guidance, um, six dollars seventy five cents to seven seventy five. That's the range that they gave is right in line with the estimate they're guiding for sales growth to be between four and 6%. So the stock is moving off this. And uh, Delta, you know, they've, they've, they, I guess they have less Boeing planes than everybody else. Is that, uh, I saw the guy on CNBC or else they aren't as reliant on Boeing as some of these other, uh, these other um, I, I guess, airline companies. They're, a, they're an Airbus company. There's yeah. only, only one other option. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so good for them. Trading up a buck fourteen here. Pretty good volume. Fifty six, twenty two is your last print. Uh, let's see what happens at fifty six. Fifty. Oh wait, where was that? Fifty eight the other day. Is that possible? No. no fifty six thirty seven. That's your two day high. Fifteen cents below that. You also had a high at fifty six fifteen. So. 
Up a buck, but opening in to a pair of highs for Delta Airlines. You want to look at some of the other airline stocks? Yeah, well, speaking of, I just want to look at uh, Southwest before we grab Mark Chicken. But uh, Southwest getting – I don't know if it's moving this morning, but the headline here is that Boeing will be compensating Southwest employees for the 737 MAX groundings for this year. So they're going to be paying Southwest $125 million. It's not a lot of money for them. No, it's not. No, it's not. But it's an unusual, uh, yeah, you know, clause to have. Good for, uh, good for the company. I. Um, that's good interesting. For, good for their employees. Yeah. 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 But that stock, considering everything that's been going on with Boeing, love, you know, has held up. Ran into little problems at fifty-eight. That's your major resistance, and uh, just trending lower. But still, considering what the Boeing stock has done, love's holding up pretty well. Right. All right. Let's bring on Mark Chaykin today. He is our guest, joins us, as I said, every other Thursday. He is the founder of Chaykin Analytics, a longtime veteran of these markets. Mark. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? I'm doing well. Let's see if I can get the video up here. Yeah. Hey, there we hey, go. Hey, there we go. Uh, Mark, quiet reaction yesterday to the Fed. Not much of all this week. What are you seeing out there? I think the market has handled this first two-week stretch of December very well. Historically, uh, the early part of December up through the 15th has a downward bias, and then we benefit from year-end strength. So I'm actually impressed. I thought we might be under uh, 3,100 at this point and then stage a 3% rally. So I think the price action here over the last two weeks has been pretty uh, strong, very encouraging for a decent move to new highs by year end. And you were listening to us earlier. We were talking about Sienna. You're saying the telecom equipment group looks very weak. Uh, tell us more. Well, Sienna's had a bearish rating in Chaken Analytics. There's a, a slew of stocks like VSAT, which have bearish ratings. The, the group itself uh, is just not providing any headwinds. So uh, this is something I would avoid. We had a sell signal on Sienna about six days ago on one of our money flow cells. So uh, it's not a group that's doing particularly well here. Do you have different grades of sell signals or buy signals, or are they all really the same? That's a really good question. We do. We have three that I really love. Uh, the first two are uh, swing trading signals, five to 10 days. It's our overbought um, sell and our money flow sell. And they're filtered by the power gauge. They only come in stocks that have a bearish taken power gauge rating, the 20-factor model that we've been relying on. The one I really like is our relative strength sell signal because that has a four- to eight-week time horizon on both the upside in terms of a buy signal, the downside in terms of a sell. So um, they differ in terms of time horizon. Okay. Um, Spinner in the chat, Mark, is asking for your thoughts on SMH, new all-time highs yesterday. Yeah, and you got a big move up in Micron um, yep. into a weekly options expiration. I think there was some, some uh, option squeeze going on yesterday. Uh, the 48s were a very uh, big um, open interest, and they, they plowed through 48 to the 49 uh, and 70 level, and AMAT and LAM Research followed suit. So, um, to the extent that semiconductors are often viewed as a leading indicator, again, bullish for the market. I like what I'm seeing there. So you would just, you would just keep on keeping on? Keep on keeping on. You've got uh, Broadcom uh, announcing after the close. There's right. a lot of anticipation of 5G there, balanced against some of the other trends in, uh, in cloud storage. But uh, especially if Broadcom... Uh, gives a positive outlook that th this group's going to really continue to lead. Uh, Mark, I, I got a, a bit of a curveball for you. I don't often ask you this, but I should. Any ETFs on your radar? Because I know you've got the the, uh, the chicken power gauge for the ETFs as well. Anything on your radar? We just talked one, obviously, but anything besides SMH? Well, what we look at, and I'm going to go to the list here, I look at the um, subsector ETFs because, A, uh, they're tr very tradable, and they also give me a sense of what um, groups are getting uh, the play. So when I look at uh, the 22 spider subsector ETFs, 
what I'm seeing is healthcare and financials with a little bit of um, tech thrown in. Okay. So that helps me focus on the areas of the market where I'm looking for buying opportunities. So capital markets, insurance, banks have been strong now for four to six weeks. Um, aerospace and defense, very strong. Taking a look at a stock like Lidos, make, making a new high. So I like the, um, the industry group ETFs as a way to get a little bit of juice. And then one thing you can do, and this is, believe it or not, a lot of advisors do this. You find a group ETF, let's say it's aerospace, XAR, and then you look for the two or three stocks with the best shaken power gauge ratings or the best fundamental technicals, however you rate stocks. If you find an ETF that has a bullish rating that's in an uptrend, go with the two or three best performing stocks in that group to add extra juice or to find really best trading ideas. Can you give us a technical view of XLF here? I got it up on the screen. Do you have thoughts here on XLF going forward? Uh, X, you know, it's tough to buy the top of the range in the right. financials, but 32% of the stocks in the financials made new highs yesterday. Uh, that's actually not the most bullish thing in the world. Uh, normally the new high, new low indicator, for instance, last December, over 30 stocks, 30% 30 of the stocks in the XLF were making new lows, and that was actually bullish 12 months out. It's sort of a contrary indicator, but I like the XLF here. I think, and our power bar shows very few bearish rated stocks, only three bearish rated stocks in the large cap financials versus 30 bullish rated stocks. So you know, I'm going to grade this bullish. You know, we've, people have been decrying the fact that financials haven't participated. They're participating, but that's not necessarily bullish for the stock market going forward three months. I got a name for you that I know is on Dennis's radar just for a technical breakout here, Shopify. Well, by the way, Dennis woke me up with one of his posts in the middle of the night because it's by my bedside on Netflix. Did you guys discuss that today? No, not yet. Wait, wait. How did he wake you up? Like a tweet? Well, he he posted something saying down four points. Don't see the print. Don't right, see I the saw, news. I, I saw that tweet. Right. Yeah, I'm here. I'm actually here in the background, Mark, and I just got back here just Dennis, now. Mark up. What are you doing? What What is What is the reason it's down four points today? I, I didn't see it last it. night, and I still don't really see it today. Maybe it's the Disney numbers that were announced during the day and some extrapolation. Uh, or maybe maybe some well, analysts Four more came. points. Yeah, because they shrugged it off during the day, and somebody else was saying, oh, it's the Irishman numbers because that was their big, and that came up. But those numbers were out during the day, too. Um, they were expecting 30 million viewers right off the hop, and I think they only got 26 or something. So, and that was supposed to be their big show. So that's what. In, and then another person was just saying it was Mad Money comments because Jim Cramer kind of uh, did a piece Tesla versus Netflix, and he liked Tesla and he didn't like Netflix. I just can't see you know Jim Cramer moving this four dollars. I mean, we love Jim, and Jim does move stocks, but this is Netflix. It's pretty uh, thick. So also I'm still Netflix running around trying to find the reason it's down four points. Also, Netflix is nine ninety nine a month. Tesla probably going to cost you four grand a month. So, but what are your thoughts? When I was on the show two, when I was on the show two weeks ago, I said the three hundred level on Netflix was my uh, key level, and it broke it. And so, I think you've got to be cautious on Netflix under three hundred. And you had that little uh, uptrend with higher highs and higher lows. That's now broken. Um, I'd be a little cautious here. Let's go into Tesla here, too, because uh, Tesla was getting a little Jim Cramer love last night, and he was basically hitting the buy button on it, which uh, I don't think he had done yet. So I'm looking at this 355 or three, or actually 360 level there where it got up there three times. It's approaching that here again. Uh, the, stock is, uh, the stock is just in favor. It seems like every time it gets a little pullback, even after the debacle of the broken window, the stock's back two weeks later. What, what is, is Chick Money Analytics looking at for Tesla? Uh, well, I, I can tell you what Kramer's looking at. His wife bought the car and he fell in love with the car, which is uh, probably the wrong reason to buy the stock. That's great. That's great. Insight. I do that too sometimes. That's great information though, for real. Um, I, I know you and Jim have a long relationship, so that's really good, valuable inside information that mo people may not know. They, he yeah. actually said it last night on the show though. Oh, damn. damn. <laughs> so maybe yeah, that's really why it's taken. I, 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 Tesla is up. 
because of Kramer last night, though. So if you're looking for a reason, because it was trading flat and Kramer came on, he actually banged the buy button a few times there and did tell the story about his wife. So we should have got you on last week or telling us about the Kramer buying the wife buying the car. <laughs> well, it's been outperforming for two months, and uh, but I see negative money flow here. I'd actually be a seller on this move. Oh, really? So I wouldn't short it. But, you know, this is a, a messianic stock. This is, this is a cult stock. And until... Uh, they either hit the point where they run out of cash and the financing window shuts because we're in a bear market or they actually turn a profit. Uh, it, it's a coin toss. But what I find interesting, there was a great article. And sometimes you can derive some really profitable insights. On Black Friday, there were lines of two and a half hours to recharge your Tesla in California. Two and a half hours. Wow. You know, so it, we've got electric cars is the panacea but they haven't put together the infrastructure to charge them tesla's been very slow because capital commitments are not what they want to make for charging stations also the more people who are charging at a charging station this is a 40 station facility in i think riverside california the more people who are charging it runs the slower the charges so uh you know this is almost like one of those futuristic movies where you got all these cars sitting around and no way to fuel them. I, I, just, I, I believe I, it. I can't buy into this. It's probably can't. a big city problem thing. Um, you know, and I, and I, I think you're making a good point, but when you get into the smaller towns, like I know there's a charging station, not too far. I live in a town of 300,000 people, the charging station just outside the city. There's, I think about four or five Tesla pumps there. And there's never anybody there. So it's probably, you know, in the rural communities, you're good to go. But I think it's a good point you're making. Maybe they do need some more of these charge stations in the bigger cities where there's a lot more people that own these cars. Yeah, I mean, my theory has always been there are certain stocks that you should let other people make money in. Tesla's one of them. It's so much easier for me to make money in a Bristol Myers in this kind of market. Or if you want excitement, Zebra. Have you guys ever looked at Zebra technology? Sometimes. ZBRA? Look at that. I haven't looked at it for a while, though, Mark, and it's been taken off. I got interested in Zebra last February uh, around Super Bowl time. They put sensors in wide receivers' helmets to gauge how they're running their routes so wow. the coaches can uh, – It's their technology is very interesting. Uh, the sports is like this um, – icing on the cake for a, a really good company. And it's volatile. It had a big, uh, I'd say, five-month, six-month drawdown. But look at that stock. That's, I'd rather make money in a stock like that. It's got real earnings, got exciting technology, differentiated. It's my it's kind an, of stock. It's an impressive chart, I'll tell you that. And it almost looks like it's ready to break out here again. Three, four days just hanging out near the highs. When they hang out the highs for three or four days, that usually means they want to go higher. Well, let's go back to the semis. I agree with you. Uh, one stock I didn't mention is Corvo, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago here, and it had a huge spike based on earnings and just needed a pullback, and basically you got a sideways to down uh, price action for two weeks, and we got a money flow buy. You asked about the buys, Joel, uh, Spencer. Uh, we got a money flow buy on that first uptick off the, the, the second green candle roughly 104. So those are the kinds of setups I like. They hang Straight around the, the highs, they spike up, and then they yep. go sideways to slightly down. That's a very profitable setup for your listeners. Uh, Mark, before I let you go, any final thoughts here? We will talk to you again, most likely before the end of the year, but any final thoughts between now and then as, as far as a Santa Claus rally or overall market heading into the new year? Definitely a Santa Claus rally up to 3,200. Um, there are those trade issues on Friday. I thought we had resolved that earlier in the week when it was generally agreed that they wouldn't be putting on tariffs, but uh, you know, the president can do whatever. Actually, uh, one more. Uh, we're, we're getting some questions from, from the chat real quick. Uh, thoughts on Etsy? Or what a, does the power gauge rating say? Yeah, because it's a stock I haven't followed for quite a while. Let's take a look. It's one... No, bearish. It's had a bearish rating since May. Uh, trading right near the lows, you're going to get tax selling, I think, in, in the weak stocks and the weak sectors. 
right through year end. So um, I would not bottom fish in Etsy. Bearish rating, underperforming, lots of negative take and money flow. Not a place to be. Hey, Mark, uh, just before you go, I just wanted to confirm that uh, you're going to be around uh, the day after Christmas. That's uh, two weeks from today. And we're going to get you on at 8.15. I'm doing a uh, I'm working on a special thing that week, and it's going to be all analyst week. And I know you, you're you your own analyst with your shaking analytics. He's so better I just than want, the analyst. I'm an analyst say? in a box. It's the power. Yes. Thing. Yeah. So we're uh, you're going to be up there uh, that week with some uh, really good people. Going to try and get uh, – uh, well, Gordon Johnson said he's going to come on on the 24th. We got Michael Pachter lined up for the 23rd. Tracy Reiniak is going to come on the same day with you. So big time, Mark, you're big time. I just I'll be up in New York where Sandy and I are going up to New York for four nights. So I'll do it from our apartment in New York. That's great. Okay. Looking forward to looking yeah. forward to your input and getting uh, your year end thoughts and then a look at 2020. Always, and, always great uh, to have you on. Happy holidays to everybody. I'm looking forward to a little bit of a uh, year end rally. So I think it's going to be a good one. All right, have a good one, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Eight thirty on the nose. Let's get to some ratings because we got some interesting ones this morning. Before you do that, I mean, we're, I mean, as much as we can, we're falling out of bed here. Uh, Down, down three handles. I gave you guys March numbers, and I, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, We did roll over your March, your ESH two O. Moving into that March 2020 contract is your front month contract. Uh, December still has some good volume. So if you're trading uh, the E-minis, it says good volume. Have good volume today, good volume tomorrow. But uh, Monday, I'll be adjusting my levels for the March contract. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We are now down – we're just falling. We're down five and a quarter handles. Uh, the interday low from yesterday is 33.50, five bucks away. We'll see if we get there uh, by show's end. Go ahead, Spencer. Sorry about that. All right. So I think that we've got – we have an upgrade to GE today. And I think this is the first upgrade to General Electric since January 31st of this year. So we've gone 11 months here without any analyst upgrades to GE. They're getting one this morning. UBS upgrading to buy, raising their price target from 11 bucks to $14. Woo, GE! Geez, getting a buy. Um, I do have a small uh, long trading position, and I bought it overnight on that upgrade. Um, it was announced just shortly after the bell. I bought between 11.08 and 11.15, just figuring it's going to get some CNBC love here today. I've sold most of it up here in the 11.25 to 11.30, or so I've, and I've just got a small piece left. I'm going to hold a little piece because I often get a CNBC mention of it. Then it can get a little more lift as well. But I, I was just in it for just the, the rating trade. And I think, you know, now it being up 3%, a lot of it is priced in. But it's got room. I mean, and I, and I kick myself a little bit here. I just sold it. But, I mean, I think maybe, you know, there is room to 1150 on this thing because we haven't had an upgrade in it for a while. I said to myself, I'd hold some. I'm trying to hold a small piece left, but I've sold 80% of the position. So I maybe, you know, the scalper blood in me is taking over here again. Uh, well, I mean, it's trading up 2.7% while the market's in the red. I mean, but you can go back as a lot of making up to do. I'll just say uh, we're trading at the highs of the pre-market session, 1130. Uh, that was just your take, your recent high. It had been in a sleepy range. Uh, if you're going this based on the daily highs, Dennis is exactly right. 11.52 uh, was your high on Monday, December 2nd. That marks a high for the month. Uh, let's see if we got room to that area. It'll be important to see how it acts off that opening print, though. Thank and you. you know how I like my book. 11.50, 320,000 shares up there. So I see 60,000, 11.45 is another 50,000, 11.37. It's always kind of thick, this book. And it can choose through it. That's the real significant level that I see. Um, just from a book, you know, an order flow perspective. So we'll see, you know, if it can continue here or not. But I think most of this rating is, you know, now priced in. Last night when I was trading up only 10 cents on it, it seemed like a no-brainer. I figured, yeah, I saw that new – well, first of all, I was watching it in the after hours. I saw it pop above the previous day's high, and then I'm like, oh, there's news on it. Dennis probably bought it. And then I looked – and I saw the upgrade on it. So good job there, Dennis. I mean, I do a lot and, you know, we talk about this, but it's just, you know, the basic statistical arbitrage of, a, you know, of news and headline trading. 
and you know you see an upgrade on something like GE hasn't been upgraded for a while. It's trading up one percent. You're like, eh, it's not enough. It's just feel for you know how much is that news worth. I mean, you know, most of the time as a headline trader, if you get the direction correct, then you got to figure out, okay, well, what's it worth? What is that headline worth? Well, we haven't had an upgrade in GE for a while, so I right away in my head kind of had eleven twenty-five to eleven thirty. That's what I was thinking yesterday when it was trading last night. It traded for a couple hours down there, around 11, 10, 11, 12, 11, 15. So I've automatically had in my head that I'm thinking, you know, I said to myself, 11.25 to 11.30. Well, it's there. So it's kind of went to the area that I thought it would go to. Um, so that's why I've sold the majority of the position. But just keeping a little feeler on there just to see if we can get a little more oomph out of it. I'd be out if this thing traded into the 11.40s, though, on the trade. Moving on to some other ratings here. UBS upgrading GE, also upgrading FedEx this morning, just to neutral though. Raising their price target is UBS from 132 to 161 on FedEx. I still own FedEx in the long-term account. Man, I just got to tell you, the stock is one of those. I bought it at 150 back, you know, in 2000, right, and you know, they were near the market bottom, and it ran. You know, up to 200 and then down to 140 and then up to 180 and then down to 140 and then like if I would have been actually trading out of this thing for 30 40 point gains I could have been in and out of it three or four times already and you know made like 20 points made 40 points I mean obviously you're never going to be perfect with your timing and you know your exits but I just keep watching and just shop around thinking man I should be trading this thing and not investing in it uh, you did get a pop, but you're, you're fading. Maybe a little bit of market conditions is helping with that. This was a fade, uh, 160, 67, just a little 300 measly shares traded up there. So nothing major. Uh, let's, we are still, where are we here? We're not even, it was an upgrade. It's still flat here. I don't know if that was a late print or something, uh, but let's look at yesterday's range. 159.08. That was your close 159.52. So, uh, it did get over that in the uh, in the pre-market session. Just a little bit of a fade here. I guess over 160, uh, you got room to you got some room over 160, but it doesn't look like the street is uh, is running running with this one as of yet. Maybe a little bit of uh, market conditions, S and P selling off, and maybe that's why it's not as uh, not reacting the same way that GE is. Did you guys talk shop already this morning? I asked Mark for his thoughts, but what did he say? We didn't I, I missed that little, little we, bit we there. Was, thoughts. He said it looked like a breakout. He agreed with you. Yeah, I just I'm looking here. I own Shop in the long term account, but I was almost looking at it for another trade as well. If we get above 380, then I think we're going to make this run for the highs. And you just think, just like I was just saying, when a stock hangs out at the highs for three or four days, I'm just talking the highs of the move here. And Shopify is wild; has 10, 12 point ranges every day. So. Um, you know, you get this thing at 370, 368. I think eventually it's going to take out that 380 again. I still think, and I've said this for a while now, I still think, and this is why I bought it back when it was 290 um, in my long-term account. I said, eventually, I think this thing's making new all-time highs just because of the Canadian factor. Um, There's not a lot of places for Canadian tech investors to go. So I'll keep saying that. I think it's going higher. I'm still holding on to my long-term account. Yeah. I'm almost thinking about adding in for a trade though as well, because I think this move could be coming soon. I mean, it's battled back and it's hung out. So there's a, you know, a move higher off the low consolidation. I think if I was looking at something like that, I'd look at 364 here. I don't know what kind of your risk reward is, uh, but um, three that's your three-day low, 64. Maybe it gets there again today, a little market weakness or yeah. something. We don't know. Yeah. Gives you another chance. Yep. yep. It's the kind of stock I want to be buying on pullbacks, though. I'll tell you that. Okay. Even though, uh, even though it's had a significant run. Like some people say, well, this three weeks ago was trading down near 300. Now you're buying it now. I mean, it's just the consolidation station up here after the big move makes me think it wants to go higher. To, if you're going to do it on a trade like that, play, play it tight. You know? Yeah, below yeah. 360, you'd want to yeah. be out. Yeah. Now, as an investment, I'm still holding on to it. But if I was putting this on a trade and say I'm buying a 370, I can pick it up at 370, maybe on a pullback here today, or 366, like Joel's saying. I think the line in the sand is below 360. You got to give it a little wiggle room with $300 stock, yeah, like 358 maybe. But below 358, then it cascades down to three, you know, the, the low of that one candle, 349. And then below that, you really have all air. So you don't want to see this thing. If you are bullish shop, you do not want to see it below 358 again. You can put on any trade, guys and girls that are listening, newer traders. You can put on any trade you want as long as you have a contingency plan. Know where your out is. Because if you're a newer trader, 
What will make you successful or not successful is not how well you call stocks. It will be how disciplined you are, how quickly you are to take the loss and realize you are on the wrong side of the trade. That is what uh, separates a successful trader from a not successful trader is just how well they're able to identify that they're on the wrong side of the trade and how quickly they can limit the damage from being on the wrong side of the trade. I'm very good at that. I consider myself a risk manager. And I think that is why I've been in the game for 20 years and I've been profitable every year in those 20 years. Not because I make great market calls. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But because when I'm wrong, I get out. And I know I have tight, you know, I have an out. I know where my out is. And, and that's all there is to it. It's all about discipline. Going back to the ratings parade here, Starbucks, which, which I feel like we had not discussed for a while on the show, catching an upgrade at J.P. Morgan this morning, only to uh, to actually no to overweight. Excuse me, upgrade to overweight, raising their price target from ninety ninety to ninety four dollars. This is a breakout for Starbucks. Um, again, three four days. This is a technical setup. So J.P. Morgan was looking at their technicals when they timed this upgrade because this was banging against the highs for three or four days, drifting higher. Now you get to break out. I think there's room to 90 here. I don't know if it's going to see it today, but I do see room to 90. All right, let's take a look at Starbucks here. Uh, nice. Oh, quiet off the low there, up a buck 41. Uh, let's see here. I don't, what do we see on the dailies here? It's a little bit of a tougher chart on the dailies because... Not much in there. We're clearing 88 here. Let's hold 88. There was a high at uh, 88. Um, is that right? 88? Yeah, two days ago you had a high. Yeah. I don't know. Room to 90. I'll go with you on that one. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you room to 90 on that one. I think there's room to 90. I mean, if you come in here buying at 88, you're, you're chasing it a bit. There's room to 90. I, I like the breakout factor. I would love to get, sometimes you can get these upgrades and the overall market might roll over a little bit. And sometimes you can get that on a pullback. Those are sometimes good plays too. Like stock gets okay. upgraded, pulls back maybe like 87 here today on, you know, maybe some market weakness or something. And that's where you strike as opposed to coming in and buying the top and the pre-market at 88. I'm always wanting to buy. If I'm bullish of stock, I like to be buying pullbacks. If I'm bearish of stock, I like to be selling rallies. I don't like to be buying rallies. This is already a rally. It's already up a buck 37. It's a big move for Starbucks. Probably the majority of that rating is priced in. You know, and, and that's just it. You know, we come in at 8.41 in the morning. These ratings come out overnight. Sometimes, you know, they're out at 4 in the morning. Sometimes they're out at, you know, the night before. So there's already been quite a few hours. Like in the case of GE, people are coming in, oh, it just got upgraded. Well, it's already been trading on this rating for a lot of hours. Last night, I didn't think it was up enough, which is why I bought it last night on the rating. Uh, but, you know, now you get it's up 3%. I mean, okay, a lot of it's priced in. Can it get some continued momentum? Yeah, sometimes they continue to go. And in the case of GE, like I said, I think there's room to 1150. But, you know, um, you've also got to be, you know, lim- you know, taking some profits as you go along too. Um, you know, you taught me that's back in the day too, Joel, when you're in a position, sometimes the best thing to do is sell a piece and then sell another piece and sell another piece. And then usually the last little piece is what you make the most money on. But, you know, just holding the whole thing and then watching your, it. your yep. rating, like look at the Macy's case, you know, in the Macy's case from Goldman Sachs three days ago, got downgraded. Well, stock opened down 50 cents and then turned around and ended up closing green. So sometimes there is a reversals too. I don't think that's going to happen in the case of G or Starbucks here today, but you have to be aware of it. And sometimes if you get in at a good price, it's good to take a little bit off if you're just in it for a short-term scalp. All right, going back here just to round up this ratings discussion, Citigroup upgrading a bunch of REITs this morning, upgrading uh, ticker O, Realty Income. They're upgrading ADC, upgrading VICI, uh, a few upgrades from Citigroup on the REITs. And also as far as downgrades, JP Morgan is downgrading Autodesk, ADSK this morning to underweight. That's a big one. So go to Autodesk because this thing topped out three, four times right in the 80 area. And you think, okay, maybe it's banging and maybe it's getting ready to go. Now you get the downgrade. It's going to take it the other way. So now anybody who is saying, oh, it's gearing up for a breakout is scrambling here this morning. This ran up quickly. This has room to the downside. I would still say it has a nice uptrend. Um, that uptrend is going to be tested here this morning. You know, it's trading at 176 here in the pre-market down almost four points. Uh, but it gets a little slippery down to that 170 area there too. So yeah. kind of in the middle of nowhere. The stock's been showing relative strength, but the rating to sell sometimes can really spook. So sometimes you see a stock go down 2%, it falls 4% because the sell rating spooks people because you don't see it that often on the street, although you've been seeing it a lot lately. 
Uh, I'd have to agree with you there. I'd call this 175.40. That would be key for uh, holding. We did low in that area. The reason I'd be careful there is because just based on the daily charts, if you're not holding that uh, that area, what um, you're looking, you got one chance at 173.61, but I can see this thing closer to 170, 171. Uh, you had a low at 170.92. Uh, that was just a few days ago, or a little over a week ago. On the third, you had a low at 170.92. So I don't know if the street's going to be defending this one uh, right off the hop. Big old green candle uh, also in November. So I don't know if you're going to start to work in that. November low for this thing, way down at 147.61. Let's go look at um, Restoration Hardware here for a minute. We are getting the CEO selling a significant amount of stock last night. That hit the Edgar filing. Um, and actually, they, really, they had a press release on this as well, which you don't always see. So they wanted to explain why the CEO, who hadn't sold stock apparently in six years, sold 500,000 shares. But they gave a good reason. Um, if I just go and grab the press release, the PR came out last night. You want, you want me to read exactly from it? I yeah, yeah, read it from the press release. It came out 724 last night. Right. So this is from Gary Friedman. He's the chairman and CEO. It says Mr. Friedman reported that the current sale of shares was made in order to fund one, a final payment obligation due under a marital uh, dissolution agreement, two, the acquisition and improvement of real estate from personal residents. And three, the repayment of outstanding balances on a personal line of credit borrowings. You never see this. You never see the company come out and say, oh, our executives sold. are selling, but here's why. Don't be alarmed, everyone. Yeah, and, and, and maybe that's why the stock is alarmed. <laughs> because you, you, you don't see this. You, and, and Spencer's exactly right. The press release came out before the Edgar filing. The Edgar filing just came out there, I believe, this morning. So it's, it's, you know, no, it, I've no, never, no. I've never seen that. I haven't seen that. in a, I don't know if I've ever seen that. No, they, the press uh, release they, actually came out. They released a press release to say that he sold stock before it actually hit the Edgar filing, which hit this, which hit at 839. Sorry. It hit at 839 last night. Right. And the PR came out at 724. An so hour and a half an before, before it hit the Edgar filing. So they know because when the insiders have a big sell, it has to hit that eventually. So they beat it with a PR because they didn't want the stock to go down on it. So I think if they don't, you know, even and, and, and it's good reasons. I mean, it's not like he just thinks the stock's overvalued. Um, you know, obviously, maybe some messy divorce sounds like, and he's got to get a new place to live. And he was funding some of this through his credit borrowings. It sounds like it's all you know from from a, a marital dissolution. So it sounds like it was a messy divorce. So it's a good reason. Um, you know, for for selling stock, it's not like he says it's overvalued. Well, it's unusual to, for the company to. But yeah, and I think and it started going down immediately on that press release. So they got spooked. I mean, five hundred thousand shares. You're talking what? One hundred twenty. That's a lot. One hundred fifteen million worth. Big big chunk. But I mean, again, divorce and restoration hardware CEO. You probably got some money. So it's not surprising. So, anyways, it is down three dollars and sixty-one cents. I don't know what to make of this because I'm going to just watch this and learn because I, like I've said, this is new to me. I've never seen a press release come out explaining a sale before the sale hit the Edgar filing. Uh, I just think he's just doing some bang-up technical analysis here, and uh, I mean, what a run! The stock was uh, was eighty bucks, eighty-four bucks, eighty-four thirty-five on June. In the your June bracket to double bottom there, and now you're 230, 240. I think he's going to look at this as a pretty good sale. Uh, I would just look from a non biased. Yeah, I mean, he's selling high. Uh, he's going to have one hell of a tax bill here. Uh, 229.15 or 228.15, Japri Marco Low. I don't know what to tell you below that, folks. I mean, your next daily low comes in at two hundred nine fifteen. That's the earnings. I don't think, run. yeah, I don't think it's good. But you just work it into a a big green bar there. I think it's impossible to determine where this one's. Yeah, gonna stop yeah I'm just going to sit on my hands on this one. This is the SOH trade. Sit on hands uh, and just watch and kind of learn. And you know, maybe we see yeah. something like this happen. Maybe they just buy it right back because it was a good reason for selling. But that PR was very interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, obviously saying we don't want the stock to go down. Here's why we sold. 
Uh, yeah, Stocks we, going down. <laughs> unless they sell some more to some other sell today, then. Uh, but he hadn't it, sold. It says in this filing, Mr. Freeman last sold shares in, in, in this in the RH press release. Mr. Freeman last sold shares of RH Common Stock in 2013. Since that time, he has purchased shares of Common Stock in the open market on six different occasions from September 2014 to September 20. Talk about putting your money where your mouth is. If that's all true, wow. You know, you see these CEOs, you know, like Zuckerberg and obviously doing other things, sell, you know, every couple of weeks, you know, like Microsoft, Bill Gates was selling all the time for a long time. Um, just because they have so much stock and so much money, they're just naturally diversifying themselves out of their own company. But this guy's putting, you know, in, in buying more shares between the four years. He still owns 6.7 million shares, 28% of the company. He must be a believer to still own that much stock. He owns 28% of the company. Wow. Well, interesting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens today if uh, if it can hold. Just pre market low. Coming back on the upside if they are shaking this off. I mean, you are trading in the area of yesterday's low. Yesterday's low was two thirty thirty three. So if you want to be a believer here, you know, buy yesterday's low here. Problem is. Pre-market lows a couple bucks away, but uh, nice sale for him. I mean, waiting until after that earnings report. It's good timing. Um, yeah, excellent timing. Congratulations to him. Let's talk. We've got 10 minutes left in our show. Yep. Drop in any tickers in the chat if you want us to address them. Let's talk Chewy here for a second. We didn't did not discuss that yesterday. They had their lockup expiration, and we, we talked about it Monday and Tuesday, not yesterday, and I kind of missed the move there. Interesting, interesting, big time move. Um, so you had the earnings factor, and then you had the lockup expiration, which was a non-event apparently because the stock went straight up on it. So you had earnings, and actually the stock traded down slightly on the earnings. I think Joel did it not originally. It did. Yeah, it did. It, it did. It did. Yep. So the bears are thinking, oh, we got this all lined up. They're like licking their chops and saying, ah, here are the earnings. The stock's trading down a little bit. We got the lockup expiration coming tomorrow. Let's short some stock. Short, short, short. 22, 23. You know what the market does? It figures out where the crowded trade is and it takes it the other way. This thing probably got a little bit short-term crowded and then they ripped it on the earnings. And now they now all the shorts are scrambling because the lockup expiration didn't work. The, the earnings didn't work. Now you all of a sudden have you know, pause, a little positive press happening here and you got yourself a good old-fashioned short squeeze. So two days move. We move up here. Now 26 is support. So yesterday's low, 26.06, squeeze them a little bit more, I say. I think you go and test a 28.30 high there from uh, 28.49 from the 22nd. So um, I don't know if the squeeze is done here yet. I still long-term, I'm gonna, still going to say, and I've said this since the stock was $35, it feels like a little bit like the pets.com with you know, selling food online. So I don't know if I'm putting this in my long-term portfolio. But you know, right now, there's a little bit of room to squeeze them a bit. Yeah, and uh, just also an interesting move in, uh, in Peloton yesterday, too. Uh, you know, you had the, the leftness on, uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> the uh, leftness, stop. I like that. Did you just <laughs> yeah, that up out of your head? Yes, I did. Dennis. The leftness, we'll call it. Yes, and uh, they beat it. Uh, the leftness they, monster. Yeah. Like, not, like blockness, the leftness. They he comes snuck in, he in, knocks the stocks down. We'll call him the leftness monster. Yes, it, you know, they knocked it under 30 to 29.87, but, you know, when you turned around and rebound, I don't know what market factors were there, but uh, 32.03, uh, training down here just a tad here in the pre-market. I keep an eye on that close at 32.03, pretty significant. Uh, couldn't get to the close from, from Tuesday, of course, at 32.78, but uh, interesting price action there. I'm not sure, you know, under 30 psychological level. I did, I guess for, if you're investing this uh, longer term, someone wants to stock under $30 uh, for whatever reason, or they were for three consecutive sessions at the end of November, 29.49, 75 and 85. And then yesterday it's got to the top of that level, 29.87. So someone targeting 30 bucks here, if you, if you want to fade Mr. Laugh, do a little swing trade there. Uh, that's your area of support for now. Look at these earnings that we get after the close today. Uh, Adobe. Big, big names. Adobe, yep. Oracle. Oracle, Broadcom, Costco. It's, it's late in the quarter for these yeah. big teams, but they, they always are late. The Adobe's, this, this is Costco, like the last Costco hurrah, Adobe. hurrah this day. Yeah. When Oracle reports, it's like the last hurrah, hurrah of the earnings season. 
Um, and I, I know Adobe and Oracle are often on the same day. Um, Costco, throw that one in there too. Although Costco, we always get a better feel for because they're one of the few companies that still do monthly sales. Comp, yep. Yep. Yeah, the comps. And you know that gives you a good feel for where they're at and they've been really good all around. So I don't see why Costco is going to miss here. Um, you know, sometimes that doesn't matter. Sometimes they go down and they beat anyways. Um, Broadcom has been running into the print. I mean, really look at the last two months from 270 to 320. So what does that tell you? It's got to blow it away to go higher there, which it could do. Adobe, um, they've all kind of run up to a certain extent here. Oracle's your per perennial. So Oracle's the one I always want to talk about. I've had this in the long-term portfolio. I bought it at $9 during the financial crisis. I'm still in Oracle long-term. Um, and I actually have it on for a trade right now too. Uh, but there's a little bit of room to 57 maybe on it, just short-term if you get them. But it's already been running. So you know Oracle. I don't know why, but it seems like they always disappoint. And then you look at it. Three months later, you know, when you bring it back up for the net, getting ready for the next earnings report, and it's rallied it all the way back. So it's the stock that is the ultimate buy the dip stock, I feel like. Every time it dips for, we've seen dip 10% on some earnings reports. It seems to always come back. So anyways, talk about a comeback here, Dennis. Yeah. I, sure don't, I, I sure you don't have any offers here in Siena. I don't know. Coming back? What, oh, I don't what know. Happened what happened here? We started the show, it was down a buck. Now it's up three. Guidance or something? Earnings call? I don't know. Must have, uh, well, the earnings call, maybe. It's got to be the earnings call. Yeah. It must have said something really good. Yeah. Un unbelievable turnaround here. Uh, well, here, it, it's so crazy. And this just goes to show you, like, the inside. If you had inside information on this quarter, you could be getting rocked here today. <laughs> because here it is. You know, the headline numbers are flat-out miss. The sales, yeah, they slightly beat. But, you know, EPS 58 versus 63, it's a miss. And you look here now, and it's like, oh, it's all of a sudden. So maybe they came out with guidance on the call. Um, we always know guidance is what matters. If you say something, I'm, we're not listening to the call because we're giving you a live radio show. But if somebody out there is listening to the call, uh, let us know here what just happened on Sienna. Obviously, the company said something okay because the stock completely reversed this week earnings. And, and now it's looking like it's going to go challenge this whole. Well, it's right up here at all these banging its head against all these highs at 38. Look at November at your monthly here, Joel. I know. Look at all the 38s here. I know. Your head. I'm not saying come in here and short it, but if you just pick this thing up at 34 or $35 and just rally three bucks here, I mean, it's rallying still, but yeah, I don't well, know it's a nice what, level. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they just said on that. Uh, Jay Nathan's asking, why is Apple trading down 277 this morning, down a percentage at 268 um, I do see some news from my pro here. Uh, hearing Credit Suisse sees iPhone shipments in China down meaningfully in November. I mean, how many times have you heard this, you know, coming out of, I mean, I don't know how they substantiate that, but uh, trading down uh, 281 here at two set 267.96. So if you're wondering why, there's some weakness here in Apple trading at the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, Dennis, any any technical thoughts on this one? I still I own in the long-term portfolio. It looked like it wanted to break out. Now you get some news in the other direction. I would say go to the previous day's low of 265.86 if you want to buy yep. fish. Um, I'm not saying I'm doing that. It's been a hard uptrend. I mean, this thing could pull 10, but back 10 bucks and it's still being an uptrend. So it's hard. I can't find, you know, really how to limit the risk here, I guess. That, that would just be what I would say is if I was buying this pullback this morning, I would not want to see a trade under yesterday's low of 265.86. So I think that's where my stop would be. Um, you know, so maybe you're giving yourself two and a half bucks here further if you're buying it here this morning. But sometimes it's better to let the news digest a little bit. You know, you got a few people maybe spooked. Oh, if this iPhone sales aren't going to be as good, maybe I got to lighten up here. Um, you're going to also get some numbers tonight from that. Broadcom, obviously, which is an Apple supplier. Sometimes that can affect Apple as well. Uh, and then just, I don't, this is not the exact same situation, but uh, back on the 14th, Maxim downgraded the issue to sell. It went from 64, uh, 264.47, closed almost two bucks lower, and then boom, boom, turned around and uh, had a nice rally. So we'll keep an eye. I, I, Dennis gave you a good level there. Uh, 265.88 at your two-day low. Looks like you've got someone nibbling here at 268. So uh, that's the reason Apple is trading in the red. All right, guys, 858. Yeah, any final thoughts for us as we as we head towards the end of the week here? I mean, we didn't talk about the Fed 
it was you know, a muted response to say the least there really yesterday um if you look the banks kind of just kind of didn't do much i mean all, all in all spencer called this correctly just saying it was crickets thank there you really wasn't that much trading action off of it do Everybody i get i don't know what they're gonna say do i get a steak dinner off that or no you should because you were correct and sometimes you see some movement but this I'm was sure. just Spencer's this is probably one of the most that? muted fed decisions we've had in years there was really like if you look at the spy after two o'clock, you, you sometimes you see ten point whipsaw this way and ten point whipsaw this way. I didn't see any of that, so they kind of did exactly what the market thought they were going to do, and the market just continued on its merry way. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas is coming. I mean, you you could you could give uh, Spencer credit on that one, but okay. I do I do remember someone on the show saying immediately after the jobs number was released on Friday. There'd be no interest rate declines. The Fed would probably sit tight almost all of 2020. And we'll see, you know, maybe do something in June here. So credit yeah. to Spencer. Roll no. the tape. I, I did say so that after popular. the number. Okay. It was a popular opinion. A popular uh, opinion. In any case, if you missed any part of our show today, you can catch our podcast. It's available on multiple podcast platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. The show is always available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. You can always catch the video version of that. I want to thank our guest today, Mark Chaikin. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll be back with you on Friday morning.